This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show's your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guest I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, at the movies, whether political, social, economic, whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Bible Talk on this frigid Thursday evening. This is not the weather for a Jamaican woman, but it is what it is. I can't change it. (laughs) I just bundle up and enjoy it. All right, we're going to go before the Lord as we normally do, and uh, tonight it's just myself, but on the Lord, but we're going to um, continue our discussion that we had a few weeks ago on who Jesus is, and the testimonies that we were listening to, we were hearing from different ones. But before we do anything, we're going to go before the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, to ask his blessing upon our broadcast tonight. Heavenly Father, we come in the name of Jesus. We come to you right now. We enter into your gates, Lord, with thanksgiving. We come into your courts with praise, and we're thankful today. We ask that you would go before this broadcast, that you would speak to every heart, Lord, that is there. We all need to hear from you. And Father, we are praying today, those that are sick in body, those that are going through um, cancer treatment and radiation and chemotherapy, Lord, we are asking that you would minister to them, that you would comfort them and encourage them, Lord. Those that are sick, diabetic, Lord, that are on insulin and Diets, Father, we are asking, God, that you would go before them and that you would encourage them in that to be thankful that there is something that can be done. We ask, Lord, that those that are um, incarcerated, that are in jail, those that are facing trials that are coming up, going to court, Lord, that are just worrying about it, we're asking, God, that you would minister to their hearts as well, that you would guide them through the process, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we are at a time of year right now where a lot of people suffer from loneliness, Lord, and depression. We're asking, God, that you would have your way in our hearts, in their hearts as well, and that you would strengthen, guide, and protect those that are out of work, that are unemployed, Lord. We're asking that you would grant them work to do. And in the meantime, while they're waiting, that you would give them encouragement, that you would strengthen their hearts, Lord while they're waiting. And we just thank you, those that are driving home right now from work, we just ask for a hedge of protection and that you would have your way, O God. And as we approach this season where we look forward to Thanksgiving, Lord, we just ask that you give us a thankful heart, that we would be thankful each day, that every day would be Thanksgiving for us. We thank you, honor you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so tonight we are looking at who Jesus is. A few weeks ago, we were on this topic, and um, I, we brought in the evidence. And so for those of you that did not hear that discussion, we just I'm just going to do a little review, and then I'm going to bring in the rest of the witnesses so that we can know, if anything, if we don't know anything about our faith, 
We need to know. We're in a need-to-know basis as to who Jesus is. And so in the past, um, in the, the few weeks ago when we, we were here, um, and those of you who missed some of your notes, you didn't write down everything, you get a second chance. So we are going to look at the witnesses. Now, first of all, we, we um, spoke about the fact that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He is God and very God. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. They share the same substance, essence, and nature. They are different in person and office. And so as we looked at that, first of all, establishing that, um, who Jesus is, what we did is we had a courtroom, a pretend courtroom scene, and we were bringing in witnesses. And so we brought Jesus in. Uh, He was our first witness that we brought in. Who better to tell us about him than him? He himself. And so we brought Jesus in, and in John um, chapter 10 and verse 30, Jesus tells us that he and the Father were one. Um, in uh, John chapter 5, um, we looked at uh, several passages there, and we saw that they were equal in person. And I'm going to just turn there to quickly um, go through this. We're not going to spend a long time on um, these. We're just going to focus on the different testimonies that I have. But we're just going to go through um, what Jesus said about himself here. And in um, John chapter 5, Jesus said that they were equal in person. And I'm just going to read the text so that I don't um, add anything to it. You know, I don't come from first and second opinion. We're going to come from the mighty, powerful, living word of God. And so here in uh, John chapter 5, And beginning in verse 17, um, Jesus is talking here. And so um, it says, well, I'm going to go to verse 16 just to kind of package it. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. So here we see that Jesus is um, equal with the Father in person. The Father is working, and he said that he is working. So here it is, you heard from Jesus himself, that he and the Father are doing the same thing. They're both working. All right, verse 18, Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. And see, the Jews' reaction usually will tell you, how um, weighty what he said was because, you know, they, they, they want to try to kill him. And in some cases you'll see where they pick up stone to stone him because of the, the content of what he said is so weighty. And before I do anything, I'm going to um, give the number out to call if you want to call in and chime in. That, that's good, too. The number to call here, 866-423-9578. Again, that number to call, 866 866- Four two three nine five seven eight. All right, and we're dealing with the deity of Christ, who Jesus is. We're letting him tell us, um, and we have the scripture to back it up, because when you're in discussion, you want to be able to point to who is speaking. And Jesus, this is what he is saying about himself. And so this is very, very weighty um, evidence here. All right, so Jesus said he and his father is one. So we see that they're equal in person. 
And um, I'm going to continue verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, whatever the Father does, the Son also does in like manner. So Jesus is letting us know here, not only is he equal to the Father in person, but they're equal in works as well. That is interesting. For the Father loves the Son, verse 20, and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. And then he said, For as the Father raises the dead, look at this power, as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. So we see that the Father is giving life, and then we see the Son giving life. So this is why when we say Jesus is God, we're not saying he's the Father or the Holy Spirit. We're saying he's God the Son. But same in substance, essence, and nature, he's doing the same thing that the Father does. And the only way, because we know that God doesn't share his glory with anyone, and so they're both doing these things, the same thing, showing us, I mean, if we, you know, we come to the Bible sometime with our minds already made up, but if we just let the text speak and listen, we would, have, you know, learn so much already. All right, so they're the same, they're, um, they're in power, the Father gives life, the Son does that as well. Um, judgment, let's check that out in verse 22. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son that all should honor the Son. So we see there, they're judge in judgment, they're equal doing that. Now in honor, it says here that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And you will run into people that will tell you, well, you know, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, we see that that can't work because <laughs> Jesus is telling you here, that you honor the Father just as you honor the Son, making himself very equal with the Father. So that's the witness of Jesus. He's telling us there. And then we see also in um, John chapter 8, and since I'm over here, I might as well visit that. John chapter 8 and um, verse 18, Jesus says, I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. So Jesus is letting you know he's bearing witness. He's a witness in this courtroom to say who Jesus is. This Jesus that we place our faith in, we need to know who he is. And so, so far we have we heard from Jesus, his testimony. Now we're going to remove Jesus from the witness stand and we're bringing in the Father and he's going to tell us a few things about his son. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, we know that Jesus at the baptism the Father said, this is my beloved Son. The voice came out of heaven. Jesus was there with John the Baptist, and the voice came out of heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So the Father let us know that he is well pleased about his Son. And then in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, again, um, when the, at the transfiguration, when Jesus pulled his jacket back a little bit to kind of reveal you know, just to show the disciples a little bit of uh, who he is. And um, the transfiguration took place. And Moses, I mean, uh, Peter said, well, um, let, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, 
and one for Elijah, making putting them all on the same level, until the voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, listen to him. This is my beloved son, listen to him, setting him apart from the rest. So the father has validated the son. Um, in John chapter 6, again, we can get a little bit more testimony there um, from the father. John chapter 6, um, it says here in verse 27, Do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. So the Father not only validate him as his beloved son, not only telling us to listen to him, he's letting us now now letting us now know that he has his seal. So Jesus has the seal of the Father. That is that is exciting there. All right, so we have heard the Father um, tell us that in John chapter eight, again in verse eighteen, we hear from the Father. And I hope that you guys are writing this down because this is good stuff. Okay, John 8 and verse 18, this is what is, uh, Jesus says, and Jesus is speaking here. He said, I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. All right? Witness. We're in a courtroom. This is why I set it up this way, because witness and testimony and witnesses all goes in that setting. And so we're hearing from the different ones. We heard from Jesus. Now we're hearing from the Father. And I'm just running through this because we did this a couple of weeks ago, but there's parts of it that we didn't um, complete. So I want you to get the whole package of all of that. In John um, 1.18, again, Jesus let us know. Remember, it says that no one has seen God the Father at any time. The only begotten Son, he has declared the Father. He came to explain him. Jesus came to show us what the Father was like, that the Father cared about us. And he says here in um, John 1.18, No one has seen God at any time. Speaking of the Father, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So that's John chapter 1 and verse 18. And again, the number to call here, 866-423-9578, to be a part of our discussion. And we're going to take a break right here. And we'll be right back. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. My purpose is to give you a little capsule of the character of God, not only to get your own theological basis of understanding of who God is right, but also to give you something that makes you sensitive to error when you hear it. Hear volume three of the series, The Character of God, this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Listen to In Touch weekday afternoons at 12.30. Mike Lindell, the CEO and inventor of MyPillow, wants to give back to WLQV listeners by offering deep discounts on MyPillow products. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special, you're going to see some impressive offers. Yes, offers with an S. For starters, MyPillow has a great body pillow. It used to be $85.68. Now when you use the promo code RUNTOWIN, it's $29.99. That's 65% off. That's incredible. They have other equally impressive.
impressive offers under the radio listener special. Go to MyPillow.com, that's MyPillow.com, to access more discounts on other fantastic products. Or call 800-919-5912, 800-919-5912, and make your order right now. And remember to use the promo code Run to Win at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hi, this is Greg Bryant, General Sales Manager for Salem Media Group Detroit. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either Faith Talk Detroit or The Patriot Detroit. If you love one of these stations and you have experience in outside sales, we'd love to talk to you. Call me directly to inquire how Salem Media might provide an opportunity that's right. Call Greg Bryant at 248-581-1221. That's 248-581-1221 to learn more about our available positions. If you love us, come join us and make a career move that's right for you. Folks, I want to talk to you for a moment about Bobson Construction, and I want you to consider calling them today for their fall sale savings of up to $3,000 off your next home improvement. Extra senior discounts and up to 18 months no interest financing are available on most jobs. Imagine your home with that beautiful new kitchen, that updated bathroom. How about that finished basement, home office, or new vinyl siding and aluminum trim in beautiful colors and styles? You might even be looking for some of those new seamless aluminum gutters and gutter guards. It's all possible with Bobson Construction. For home improvement you can trust, Bobson gets the job done right. Bobson has delighted Metro Detroit homeowners for over 60 years. So for fall sale savings of up to $3,000 off and up to 18 months, no interest financing, call Bobson. 855-4-BOBSON. Visit them online at bobsonconstruction.com. Bobson does it all. Well, praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you tonight, um, going over the Word of God, one of my favorite things to do. And so here we are looking at who Jesus said he is. Um, our Christmas season is coming up. It's going to be about Jesus, questions about about him. And so you want to make sure that you have the evidence, you have the scriptures highlighted in your Bible and you are ready for discussion, or, you know, um, Thanksgiving dinner, good time for discussion, good time for witnessing to your family, too. Just a little tip there. Um, sharing the gospel with those loved ones of yours, because you never know, you might be with them this year, but next year you may not be here. And what are you going to leave them with? You want them to know that you are sold out, sure and secure as a believer in the Lord Jesus. All right, so we have looked at the Jesus giving us his testimony, for those of you that are just tuning in. Jesus just got off the witness stand. He gave us his testimony. He let us know that the Father bear witness. Um, he bear witness of himself, um, He's that he's equal with the Father in person, in works, in power, in judgment, and in honor. So we saw that in John chapter 5. And now we are in the Father's testimony. We're We've covered um, John, I mean, Matthew 3.17, Matthew 17.5, John 6.27. Um, we looked at John um, 1.18 with the, um, the Father. T- you're telling us no one has seen God the Father at any time, but the Son 
and all of that. Mark um, one eleven tells us that um, the voice came from heaven, kind of um, validating what John, John the Baptist um, in Matthew three seventeen said. And so it says here that a voice after uh, immediately after Jesus um, coming up from the water, Matthew uh, Mark chapter one and verse ten, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting. And the spirit descending upon him like a dove. And then a voice came from heaven, the voice of the Father, came from heaven. And he says, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. So we see that the father has validated the son and giving his testimony about his son. Um, In Luke chapter 3, again, we see... Validation, Luke chapter 3 and verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. So we see the witnesses. Matthew told us about it. Mark told us about it. Luke is telling us about it. So we have, we have it here, this evidence. And then the best testimony of the Father, um, which I like, it's in First John chapter 5. And I just want us to, to highlight these verses and have them set aside. Those of you who are struggling with your salvation, there are people that are still doubting whether they're saved or not. And sometimes it's, you know, because of their lifestyle. You, you, you place your trust in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you have him as Savior. Everybody wants him as Savior. Oh, everybody wants Jesus to be their Savior. But the question is, do you want him to be Lord? Because if he's Lord of your life, he is ruling, he's dominating, he's telling you where to go, what you can eat, um, you know, that kind of thing. He runs your life. And so you want him as Lord because you don't know what you're doing. But you do want him as Lord and not just Savior. You don't just want fire insurance. You want him to be your Lord and your Savior, running your life. So here in John chapter 5, I just want you to see this because this is awesome. And for those of you who are doubting whether you're saved or not or, um, you know, struggling with your salvation, here is the Word of God. And this is what it says in First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 9. It says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater For this is the witness of God, which he, God, has testified of his son. You see why we're in a court? You see why I have it set up like a courtroom? The father is testifying. He is, it's almost like with a hand sworn, and he's giving a testimony about his son. And this is what he said. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him, God, a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given of his son. And here's a testimony. And this is a testimony that God has given us. That he has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has a son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. Do you have the son? That's an awesome deal. Do you have the Son? Have you placed your trust in the Son? Because you cannot do enough good to cover your sin. You can't. 
The only thing that God is accepting is the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you place your trust in what Jesus did on the cross, that and that alone is how we are saved. We are not saved by works. You cannot do. uh, There's no amount of work that you can do to save you. And and the scriptures already said in Titus 3 and 5 that it's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to God's mercy, his mercy, he saves us. And then we have Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 again telling us that it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you have that there. But let's continue with the Father's testimony. It said, and this is a testimony that God has given us, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So if you're trusting anything else beside Jesus, then you don't have life. If you're trusting going to church every Sunday, singing in the choir, dancing, um, whatever work you do at the church, um, if you're trusting in these things, money you give to the church, you know, if you're trusting these things, then your trust is misplaced and you don't have life. But if you are trusting, if you are letting God know that I place my trust in what Jesus did on the cross, when he died on the cross, he died for me and my sins. And so... um, So he who has a son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may guess that you have eternal life. Did it say guess? No. It said that you may know. And this know is knowing experientially. You know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. And then it tells you, um, verse 14, now this is a confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. But we have, we see it here, the evidence a father has given his testimony about his son. He said that he who has a son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. And you don't trust anything else. Because in this same book, First John chapter 2, it tells you that he is the propitiation for our sin. He paid our all. He paid it all. He paid a debt he didn't owe. And we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And Jesus paid it all for us. So we have that surety right there, the Father giving his testimony. Now we're going to remove the Father from the witness stand, and we're going to bring in John the Baptist. And John, Brother John the Baptist, is going to tell us some things, and this is in John chapter 1. We can start there, and John, where John tells us a few things. But we're focusing on verse 19 through 34. But, um, just want to um, read um, verse 6 of John 1, 1, chapter 1 and verse 6. And it kind of gives us a little background about John here. He said, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness. So he's going to be on my witness stand now because he's going to give a witness. To bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man 
coming into the world. Now let's um, move over to verse 19 to hear the testimony that John the Baptist is going to give us about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is a testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed, and he didn't deny, but confessed that he said, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. That you, um, What do you say about yourself? And this is what John said about himself. I am a voice crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, and this is found in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. Now those who were sent um, were from the Pharisees. And they asked him saying, why then? Do you baptize if you are not the Christ, or Elisha, or the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands among you whom um, one, one among you whom you do not know. It is he who is coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to tie. These things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. And then the next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Now, this thing was huge right here. Because um, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, first of all, when he said, Behold, you pay attention, drop what you're doing. This is a point that you don't want to miss. Whenever you see behold there. And so, in the Old Testament um, times, when on the Day of Atonement, um, a person would come to the tabernacle to come to see the priest. And, of course, they would um, bring an animal, of course, because um, the animal, their sin was going to be transferred to the animal. That animal was going to be killed. And so that altar there, that brazen altar, was where the animal was killed. And the priest, um, before he even do any of this, he had to make sure that he confessed his sin and the sins of his family. He would have to um, do that um, before he comes into the presence of the Lord. You know, God is a holy God, and he hates sin. And so the priest would have to go through that. So the person would bring the animal. That animal would be killed. The blood would be poured into the basin there. And then we then the priest leave the, the altar, and now he's at the, the, the laver. And the laver is where the priest would wash his hand and his feet um, to wash the blood off from the animal that was killed. And then, um, after that is done, there's a most holy place in the tabernacle where the priest would go, and he could go into the holy place any time he wanted. But the mo- the holiest of holies, which was behind the veil, no one could go until, unless it's a, the Day of Atonement, the priest could enter that place once a year, and he better have blood with him. So the priest would go, you know, um, there's in the in the um, the most in the holy place. You have the the, the golden lampstand, um, Jesus, and all of this. Everything in the tabernacle pointed to Jesus Christ. That's more evident too. They pointed to Jesus Christ. So we have the brazen altar, we have the laver, we have the golden lampstand. Then you have the table of incense, where the priest, the high priest, would go and 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 make intercession for the people. 
And then um, in the holy place, you also have the table of showbread, which had 12 loaves of bread. And these 12 loaves of bread represented the 12 tribe of Israel. And so then behind the veil now, you have the holiest of holies. And like I said, no one enters this place without blood. And it was only once a year the priest could go in there. And so on that Day of Atonement, the priest would enter the Holiest of Holies. And inside the Holiest of Holies, you had the Ark of the Covenant, Israel National Treasure, the Ark of the Covenant. And it represented the very throne room of God. That is such an awesome thing. And so on that Day of Atonement, the priest would take the blood and he would take it inside of the Holiest of Holies. He would sprinkle it on the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God is there. And when God the Father saw the blood and heard the confession of the people, he would forgive the sin for one year and for one group of people. So we see the excitement here in John chapter 1. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, oh my goodness, that excitement. Behold the Lamb of God. And he tells you, he takes away the sin of the world. And not just for one group of people like they did in the past. In the Old Testament, it was just for the Jews. Now, in um, John chapter 1 here, it is for all people and for all time. This was huge. And so John put that in his testimony. He said the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me, comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, John said, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And then it says here in verse 32, And John bore witness, so he's putting his hand up now on the witness stand. John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And then look at what John says. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. You can't have a better evidence than that. I tell you. That is exciting. The number to call here, I know you're listening and I know you're writing down, but if you can call in too and say, I'm listening. The number to call here, 866-423-9578 to be a part of this discussion as we continue to look at the the evidence that Jesus is who he says he is. We're going to take a break right here and we'll be right back. MotorCityHelpWanted.com presents the world's worst boss, the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Officer, thank goodness you're here. You said it was an emergency. And it is. We have some positions in senior management that need to be filled pronto. <sighs> Not this again. I'm telling you, our benefits are criminal. And you can't stare the force forever. All right, boys, roll out. Wait! Hey, where's the fire? I'm so glad you're here. Don't be a Dave. Find your perfect local employee at MotorCityHelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. Open enrollment for health insurance runs from now until December 15. PreferQuote offers a free service with access to many health care plans, and with so many options, it can be confusing. You can get objective help 
for a plan that may cost less and cover more with the freedom to see the doctors you choose. Most low-income plans have $0 premiums. Many plans can be coordinated with health savings accounts, which may reduce your taxes. Don't miss out on the savings you deserve. Our Prefer Quote Health Insurance Assistance is free. Don't forget, open enrollment for health insurance only runs from now until December 15. For free objective health, please visit preferquote.com. That's P-R-E-F-E-R-Q-U-O-T-E dot com. That's preferquote.com. Or call our licensed agents at 844-GET-MY-QUOTE. That's 844-GET-MY-QUOTE. That's 844-GET-MY-QUOTE. Did you know that one of the best things you can teach your child is the joy of being average? On the next Focus on the Family, why today's kids suffer from too much stress, perfectionism, and limited opportunities to fail. You'll also get encouragement for your child to prepare them for real life. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Listen to Focus on the Family, weekday mornings at 9.30 on Faith Talk Detroit. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'll be joining the team at Salem Media Group in the summer of 2020 on a scenic cruise to Alaska. I'd like to extend a warm invitation to you to join us. I've been before, and Alaska is a spectacular place where God's design and His majesty are constantly on display. Glaciers, mountains, and untamed wildlife. If you've ever contemplated exploring this inspiring frontier, now's your opportunity especially as we will enjoy all of these wonders from the comfort of our first-class cruise ship. The week will be filled with more than just awe-inspiring landscapes and quaint seaside ports, as Laura's story leads us in our worship, and as we turn to God's Word as a compass for our time together. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell with you tonight, and we are looking at the evidence, um, the witnesses that testify of Jesus being God. All right, and we are continuing on our list. We just had John the Baptist removed from the witness stand, and now we are going to bring in the works of Jesus to let the works tell us about him. And in uh, John chapter 5, again, Jesus um, said this, and I'm going to read um, John chapter 5, um, verse um, 31. Jesus says, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bear witness of me, and I know that the witness of which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. And John just stepped off the stand. He has borne witness, yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works, Jesus tells us not only um, that John the Baptist was a witness, but now he's letting us know for the works 
which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, and for in them you think you have eternal life, but here it is, Jesus is letting us know that the scriptures also, but we're not going to go to the scriptures yet. We're going to look at the works that Jesus did. Now, the very first miracle that Jesus did, he turned water into wine. And that was the beginning sign. Jesus came to explain to us the Father, what the Father was like, and the, the concern and the love and concern that the Father has for us. So here Jesus is at a wedding, and they ran out of wine, of course, and um, his mother um, let him know of the situation, and Jesus turns the water into wine, letting us know that he can turn us from being a sinner to a saint. He can change your situation. This is awesome. And so when you go to pray, knowing that we have a God that can change the situation, just knowing that it's not a matter of his power, just a matter of his decision um, to do what we ask. And so the disciples, I mean, his mother came and asked. And, of course, he said his hour had not yet come. But he went forth and turned that water into wine. And it said this beginning signs or miracle. And usually a sign shows you, you know, you're driving down the freeway, a sign is going to direct you to where you want to go. Jesus came to point us to the Father. No one can go to the Father but through him. And so he did the sign. And so it says here um, in verse 11 of John chapter 2, this beginning signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and he manifested his glory. And his disciple believed in him because whenever Jesus showed up, and these signs were not just done to show off. The signs were done to point us to the one doing the sign. And so Jesus wanted them to know who he was. And it also wanted us to know that the Father cares about the smallest detail in our lives. And a lot of time, you know, we, we get so high and mighty that, you know, we want to take care of the the stuff and then we just leave the big stuff for God. But no. He wants to be in on everything. He said in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, In all your ways, not some of your ways, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And then he promised to direct your path. All right, so here we saw that miracle. Jesus turned the water into wine, letting us know that he can change your situation at any given time. That is comforting because no matter what you're facing right now, what you're going through, just know that you the Lord knows about it when you come and you tell him. He knows about it before you tell him. But when you bring it to his attention, that is such an awesome thing because you're in a relationship with him and you want him to know everything that is going on. But just to know that he is concerned about every little detail. I mean, running out of wine at a wedding is not an emergency. But yet Jesus took care of it. He took care of that situation. And then um, we have another uh, miracle in um, John chapter 4 where the nobleman came, his son was sick. Um, and Jesus, you know, he wanted to, to come in and talk to Jesus um, about it. 
And when he heard that Jesus had come out of uh, Judea into Galilee, and this is in um, John chapter 4, verse 47, when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he came to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servant met him and told them, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of him the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household believed. So the signs, again, as I told you, the signs that Jesus did were to point us to who he is. And he came to show us the Father and himself, to let, him, let us know what they were like. And so it let us see, and then it shows the power of Jesus. He didn't even have to go to that location. He just said the word, and the son was healed. Isn't that awesome? So when you are in a situation and you, you're going to the Lord, you know, when you go in prayer, you must know that God is and who he says he is. In Hebrews eleven six. those that come to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when you come to him in prayer, you should have already in your mind knowing that he can do this. And if, it's, and if he doesn't do it, if he says no, because he answers every single prayer. Sometimes sometime it's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's wait. But God answers every prayer. And we want yes all the time, but this is not Burger King you're going to. You're going to the God of heaven. All right, we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. Abraham Lincoln remains our most revered political leader, but even some of his admirers misunderstand his rise to power. They believe Lincoln only became president in 1860 because Democrats divided and three major candidates split the votes against him. In fact, those three opponents drew a combined total far less than Lincoln's hefty majorities in 15 of the 18 free states of the Union providing more than enough electoral votes for decisive victory. In Lincoln's re-election run in 1864, he won an even greater landslide, winning the popular vote by 10% and carrying 22 of 25 states. His example reminds us that great presidential leadership relies on clear-cut majority support, not the cobbled-together squeaker victories that seem to obsess too many strategists and commentators as they look toward 2020. I'm Michael Medvey. Sponsored by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. It's easy to love people who are similar to us, but the body of Christ is incredibly diverse. So how do we show genuine Christian love to every believer? That's our subject as we continue our study called Shaped by Grace, Thursday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg, weekday mornings at 830 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500, Faith Talk, Detroit. A jihadist comes to Christ. 
Hi, it's Michael with Bible League International, and I met young Ahmed, 14 years of age, a Syrian refugee, when I visited the Middle East earlier this year. He hated his mother and siblings. Why? They had become believers, but he was subscribed to radical Islam, in fact, was primed to blow himself up until his mother prayed for his salvation and he came to saving faith. He was beaten. He should not have survived that beating by the extremist that he hung around with, but the family fled in the middle of the night. He's been trained to share Jesus by Bible And guess what? Already about 100 young men who were primed to be jihadists have come to Christ. He said to me with tears in his eyes through a translator, Michael, we need the Word of God here. And I said, Ahmed, those Bibles, they're coming. Bible League and Faith Talk Detroit are partnering to send God's Word to 2,600 persecuted believers. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or give at faithtalkdetroit.com. MotorCityHealthWater.com presents the world's worst boss, the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Dave, did you forward me this email from Svetlana? Yes. You want me to interview her for a job? Well, it says she's looking to get down to business. It also says she likes gentle bear cub man who knows what he likes. I'm gentle. Dave, this is a Ukrainian dating site. Corporate said we should hire more diverse candidates. Don't be a Dave. Find your perfect local employee at MotorCityHealthWater.com. Local jobs that work. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Talk. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell here with you. And as we go through our testimonies here, Jesus on the witness stand, we had the Father on the stand, we had the Son, Jesus, of course, first was the first witness. We called the Father to the table, to the stand. He gave us his testimony about the Son. We had John the Baptist brought in. He gave us his testimony. And now we're looking at the works. Jesus said the very works that he does um, testify of him. And um, we see um, the miracles. So we covered the blind, um, well, we didn't touch a blind man yet, but we did look at the water turning into wine. We looked at the nobleman's son being healed, letting us know that Jesus is Lord of time and distance. He didn't have to be on the scene to do it. Um, when, and the blind man, when he came, Jesus healed this man. And this was a very huge miracle because this man was born blind and no one heard of any blind eyes opening before um, Jesus came and doing these miracles. And so the blind man came and, of course, um, you know, a lot of controversy, the People did not want, the parents didn't want to even say that um, he was blind. They didn't want to tell the, the scribes and the Pharisees, lest they be put out of the temple. So they said, to ask the, go and ask him. He's of age. Go and ask him, you know. And then when um, the man was called, um, and we're going to pick it up here in John chapter 9, verse 24. And they, So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told you already, and you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciple? Then they reviled him and said, you are, a, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. 
yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, see the man is giving a testimony too, since the world began it had been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So we have the blind man giving a testimony here, but this is awesome too because Jesus used this as a witness because when John the Baptist was in prison and he was beginning to doubt and he wanted to know if Jesus is the one or should he look for another, and Jesus sent the messenger back with to tell tell John, the blind is seeing, the deaf is hearing, the lame walk, you know, um, the lepers are cleansed, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. I mean, he was giving them, telling them about the things that he was doing. These are the things that validate who he is. And, and you heard it here that the man said that it was unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And of course, um, they, you know, they attacked the man. All right, so we're not going to stay there with that work. And then, of course, Lazarus. John chapter 11. Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. That is, that tops it all. Right there, four days in the grave. And Jesus comes and, and, and calls him out of the grave and he came forth. Then we have the witness of the scriptures. So you have, um, tonight have, you've got a lot tonight. Of course, some was in review, but, um, you know, you heard the testimony of Jesus, you heard the testimony of the Father, the testimony of John the Baptist, um, the works that Jesus did or miracles, they um, spoke of him. We have the blind man testimony that no one has ever been unheard of, that anybody opened blind eyes. And then, of course, we have Lazarus raised from the dead. And I'm telling you, this, this miracle uh, made the Jew a little bit upset because they, after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, they wanted to kill Jesus and Lazarus. They wanted to shut down the evidence. But, um, you know, God, of course, did not allow that to happen. But they, that's how awesome that, that miracle and that witness of who he was validates him. All right, and then the scriptures. So we know that the scripture also, Jesus said it in um, John chapter 5. Remember, he said that the scriptures... Testifies, He said um, here in John chapter 5 and verse 38, um, But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they, the scriptures Jesus is talking about, which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. And then he says, I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another come in his own name, him you will receive. And so we see that the scripture, so we go back. Now in, in the Old Testament, um, testifies of Jesus. We, we, the testimony started in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, uh, verse 15, you have the proto Evangelion here, and it says, and I'm going to turn to it so I read it just right. I don't add any words to it. But in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, 
after Adam and Eve and you know um, disobeyed God and and everything, um, and God is giving out the judgment here um, in verse. Um, 14, Genesis chapter 3, we'll start in verse 14. So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Crucifixion is the only punishment where the head, I mean, where the heel is bruised. Of course, we know that Jesus crushed the head of Satan here. And this is what Jesus was talking about um, in telling his father in John chapter 17, that I have finished the work that you have called me to do. The hour has come. He talked about the hour, and that hour was the hour when he was going to um, crush Satan's head and his heel was going to be bruised. Well, I just want I cannot believe the time has gone so much, but you have the evidence there, all of it, the witnesses, all of these testify that Jesus is who he says he is. The, the, the testimony is overwhelming. God bless you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.